everyone and welcome to second breakfast um this is our weekend edition for lord of the rings minute and um there's really not a better name yeah shout out to gary roby from harry potter minute for suggesting this name i mean not that they also didn't have like a like a built-in weekend edition name in their their work as well quibbler's pretty good um, so, but we we just wanted to take a minute um, and thank you guys, our Patreon uh, supporters, for everything that you guys do, and we wanted to start giving back. Uh, yeah. Finally, yeah, it's been a after mooching for three months, it's four been a, months. It's been a long road for us over here at Lord of the Rings Minute. You're too loud. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's hard. Also, we're drinking. Yes. Um, Ching. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that's going to be a thing. We're just going to be hanging out it's and talking. Very relaxed. Not that we're, we're not pretty relaxed on our normal right. weekly podcast. But we're going to be even less so, I guess. A little less structure. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about the theatrical edition. It's a very appropriate place to start with our weekend edition since we're covering the extended version of these movies for our minute-by-minute analysis. And you have never seen the theatrical of Fellowship at all? Yeah. And I've never seen it all in its entirety in one sitting. So this for me was kind of interesting. (laughs) Um, I was really, really taken aback by the the Shire 60 60 years years later. Yeah, or 60 years later. And it's the only, it's the only subtitle like that in the movie. It's the only thing that's like, this is where you are, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it feels very unnecessary. Yeah. Well. Like, even to like, someone who had never read the books, they're going to tell you it's the Shire within like the first five minutes after that. I think it adds to the the mythical quality of it. Like, you know, Maybe. you have this whole prologue talking about all this epic nonsense and then when you get right down into it where are my notes you have my notes underneath yeah i do the... and notes are underneath our copy of the book yes appropriate um but i do i do like that the the title card and the transition from um like it's now the age of hobbits and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the time will come when hobbits will shape them the fortunes, fortunes of, of all. all and blah, blah, blah. And then it's immediately like, here's a hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, I because li- that scene, I don't know. I think that transition works really well. And I like the title card, card where it is. Yeah. Um, I think I like it better in the theatrical than I do where it is in the extended. Yeah. Because it seems a little out of place in the extended. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. That second title card? Yeah. I would I would definitely agree that the second title card feels out of place. It it definitely feels like it makes a lot more sense being over our main character as opposed to in a room. Right. Yeah. Also, um Cause the the title card being where it is in the extended is a little more quiet than where yeah. it is. Cause, you know, in the theatrical it's like, here I am. You know? Just- Title card. Hello, Here's friends. your hero. Hello, Imagine. friends. I am here. Yes. <laughs> Hello, friends. I am here. Immediately followed by Gandalf. Hello, friends. I am here. Yeah. Oh, my God. That Gandalf conversation was so weird for me. The yeah. The really... It felt so choppily edited. It did. It um, really did. Because knowing that there's other parts of the conversation, it right. really just... It sounds like there's pieces missing. And I don't know if people who saw that first... Have that, have that same, same feeling. Right, exactly. But just the sound, the, the flow of the conversation sounds choppy. Yeah. To me. And I don't know if that's uh, that's accurate. <laughs> I, well, I, have no, I have no way of knowing because I, I didn't see this one in theaters. I, I haven't. Right. I saw the extendeds first. I mean, we're, we're kind of flying. I mean, I don't know. I'm glad that we sat down and actually watched the theatrical. 
finally. finally. Because now there's... We have some more context talking about some yeah. other stuff. And a lot of the differences in the beginning because it is kind of weird not listening to Concerning Hobbits. Um, but that that's my favorite part of the movie <laughs> but that that it's conversation gone. that cart conversation is so choppy it's awkward um, it's weird it surprised me a lot i knew i mean obviously things are missing because it's the extended yeah um but it starts right away yeah because i mean the first the first shot that's different is isildur gets jumped by the orcs in the north and then we don't see him run off into the bushes and put the ring on it just fades to black and then cuts to him floating in the river i don't really mind that so much though because i mean it's like literally a 20 second cut if that yeah but a lot of the early shire bits um and there were other parts in the movie where i'm like oh yeah he didn't do the thing or um when uh when they get to lothlorien and gimli insults them in dwarvish like that's not a thing that happens in theatrical and i think i don't know like that's such a funny moment you know yeah they cut a lot of like little character things yeah which unfortunately as far as movies go is generally the first thing on the cutting room floor things related to character but not plot yeah. yeah i mean like the second avengers movie was supposedly like 45 minutes longer initially i want to see that cut of the movie i know me too because you know context and character and things that i care about yes (laughs) indeed man uh, the what missing concerning hobbits is so sad (laughs) because it means that we don't get that we don't get that whole long sequence with all that lovely music and yeah and some of the lines from Concerning Hobbits are, like, kind of reinterpreted and given to Gandalf. Yeah. And it's you can tell it's kind of, like, almost voiced over. No, wasn't it a voiceover? Like... Yeah, it wasn't... It it was it sounded like a... It looked like a voiceover. They, I, didn't, um, I didn't see him moving his lips to those words. No, yeah, because it's when they... Uh, are crossing the bridge and moving crossing towards... Crossing the bridge and... Moving towards back end. Shire, yeah. yeah. And that was just weird. It was very weird. It was very jarring. Yeah. So, like, right out of the gate, I'm just like, wow, this is, this feels like a very different movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not really. Yeah. But, like, it feels like a very different movie because I... The pacing. Know, I'm biased because... The pacing is definitely, so definitely, definitely faster. Better. Well, quote, unquote, better. It's faster. It gets to where it's going in a more reasonable fashion i mean we're really only talking about uh not including the fan club credits about 25 minutes of stuff cut if that not even like maybe 20 yeah and then the fan club credits are just like 30 minutes ridiculous like it's a lot a lot of names to get through Mm -hmm. so we're not really talking about a whole lot of material cut but it's all it all feels really significant we talked about this with Zach. One of the more major cuts in this movie yeah, is, introduction. is the first half of that conversation with Aragorn where Narsal is kept. Right. And I think it frames Boromir completely differently with the first half of that conversation. It changes your first impression of him. Yeah. And I understand more of what Zach was saying about Boromir's character being like a bumbling two-year-old kind of just wandering in, knocking over your face and then Because there's no out, context you know? in this version of that scene. Right. He's just there? I know, he just like is looking at the painting. But we get all the same like awkward stares from Aragorn. <laughs> but he never says a word. He doesn't say a word to Boromir right. in the theatrical version. It's so weird. Men of the, he doesn't like do the whole like men of the south are welcome here thing, mm-hmm. and it really changes the whole framing of Boromir's character. But I feel like and I, also their dynamic and their dynamic because I feel forward. like I understand why because with a movie going audience who's not as familiar with the material, you don't necessarily want to paint Boromir as being so gray and on the fence right away, right. You know, you don't want it to be, you don't want to paint him as like more complicated from out of the gate. But 
You don't want to confuse people. I mean, but isn't this saying that Boromir is kind of dumb and he's like the bad guy? Yeah. Yeah, I think that it, it paints Boromir as like the quote unquote bad guy a little too quickly. Or not the bad guy, but the weak link. The yeah, the one most susceptible to the ring's power. I mean, the council does that for us. Yeah. Anyway, but I feel like that wasn't necessary like in his initial like first little moment you see him. I don't think that does I don't think that paints him as the bad guy. I just think it paints him as um insensitive. Yeah. And I don't think Boromir is insensitive. Uh, we will talk about it at length going forward. We're not there in the movie yet where yeah. Boromir has more of a, a role to play. But but I mean, on on the weekend edition, we can talk about the whole movie. No, so like, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Because I'm trying to keep things organized in such a way so that people don't get bored of us talking about it before we even get to the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I you suppose, know what I mean? <laughs> I suppose. I just like doing this minute by minute just makes me want to talk still about like the whole movie, yeah. like as a together thing. So I suppose this is kind of our opportunity to do that a little. A little bit. I mean, um, for the most part, I think we'll keep the the movie talk, a lot of the movie talk um, on the minute by minute show. Okay. Um, And this is more just like offshoots like um like i think the biggest thing that i take away from the theatrical is that boromir's character feels inherently different yeah because no yeah definitely that's the biggest takeaway for me and like the biggest difference between the theatrical and the extended and i don't know expressing how i feel about this movie is kind of really linked to the different characterizations of boromir without what is essentially two tiny snippets, halves of conversations that have been cut. Yeah. Because the first half of that encounter with Aragorn with Narsil is gone. And then the fir- his first speech at the Council of Elrond is gone. It's also cut, yeah. So, and it, it makes him feel like a totally different person, at least for the first part of the movie he's in. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how... Like, it's, I think it's, what? It has to be less than a minute of material altogether. It's like maybe, maybe just over a minute of material. And it's so crazy that that minute of material is so significant and spins such a different um, take on Boromir's character and who his motivations and who he is as a person going forward. Well, I can't wait to talk about what Boromir talks to Aragorn about in Lothlorien on the minute podcast <laughs> on the minute side of things that, uh, that's one of my favorite character driven moments in the movie mm-hmm. is Boromir's conversation with Aragorn in Lothlorien. It's, it's very touching and sad. Yeah. And it's the most telling of who Boromir is and how he feels about himself. Sean Bean's performance is so good. He plays, he plays the, um, like the the brooding insecure guy who doesn't come off immediately as insecure mm-hmm. very well. He's very good at this role, and I think he's done the same sort of thing in in uh, in other properties. Yes, but yeah. he's very good at like this. Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones, <laughs> he's very good at this. I would say that um, Eddard though is a vastly different character than Boromir. Yes, I I wouldn't call Eddard insecure. No. He Absolutely is he not. is very secure and yes. he knows exactly what he believes and what he is after and I love Ned Stark. I mean, it's it's part of his immovability and on inability to be flexible um either morally or emotionally or, you know, governmentally. Yeah. I mean, you're but Sean Bean gives an almost similar performance of both guys. I would, I mean, is it just? But because, that might just lend to Sean how Sean Bean performs. Is it, well, no, is it just because like he has like the fur cloak and the fantasy sword again? Like, maybe I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Game of Thrones. I haven't like seen oh, all of the man. first season. Uh, we I've should seen, watch that for this. We should. 
Because it's Sean Bean. I'll watch the first season of Game of Thrones with you. At least episode nine? No, you have to watch the whole thing. How many episodes are there in the first season? Ten. Ten? So there's one more beyond. Yeah. Episode nine is where all the terrible things happen. Well, and yeah. then episode ten is like, here's where we're going next. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know I need to... I, sh- I should watch Game of Thrones. I really... I love the books. And they... Uh, I sped through all of them except for the first one. And the only reason the first one took me so long is because I know Ned Stark dies. Like, so I spent eight months reading that book being like, oh, the best character. Ugh. He is not the best character. I am sorry. I, eh. Danny's chapters in the first book aren't great. I love her. I mean, granted, I read the book after I watched the series, which was really helpful because A, I knew who everyone was. And I feel like that's a lot of the challenge getting into that is like keeping all the family trees straight because yeah. there's five families that you're at least five. There's four in the first one, right? Um, Lannister, you're really Stark, trying to keep track Dar- of Lannister, Targaryen, Stark, Targaryen, and um, the Wall. Yeah, and the Night's Watch, so quote unquote families, yeah. factions, and the Tullys come up. Yeah, the Tullys come up. Uh, they're they're fairly important in the first book. Yeah, so um, it's been a while. I haven't read them in a while, but I because I read the. But we don't we don't like really get in depth analysis of like the the coolest characters introduced in the first book until like book three and four. So. I don't know. I'm a different I'm a, strokes for different folks. I I don't know. I love Khaleesi. She's the best. I just want all of Game of Thrones edited so I know what happens to her and I know what happens to Arya. Yeah, that's all I care about. Maybe yeah. Bran, but like <laughs> Bran stuff's cool. Um, the Bran stuff's cool. If you picked the books back up and you're a fan of Bran and and Danny, they're worth picking back up just for those two storylines to read through the books. Okay. Although you do have to wait for book five to reconnect with Bran. And Danny, right? Um. So book four. Because it's Dance with Dragons, right? Yeah. So book four doesn't have uh, John or Danny in it much. Okay. Right? I'll Am skip I, that one. No, it's Danny's in book four and John's in book five. Oh. Oh, uh, what about? Or I could um, be back. No, I think I'm backwards. It's been a while since no I sense. since I was reading that. I mean, I think it's it's the North and the East are in Book Five, and then Book Four is all about the stuff around King's Landing and in Westeros. Okay. Itself. So. So like the southern part of the stuff, and the the aftermath of the war is all covered in Book Four, and then Book Five is like the North and the East. So the only things I care about. Yes. Book four is important for like the socio-political climate that those characters are going to be coming back into when they come into Westeros. Oh, right. No, I'm just kidding. I That's my favorite stuff about Game of Thrones is the socio-political stuff. I'm a slut for like intrigue and stuff, but I stuff in Game of Thrones is not palatable. Palatable? Palatable. Palatable. Oh my God. I'm like halfway through my beer and I can't even function. You know, it's so hard for me uh, now that I've read Game of Thrones when we're watching and talking about Lord of the Rings to not, like, bring it up a lot. Because, In comparison? Because there are a lot of, like, there are a lot of parallels in these, between those two stories. Yeah. Not just in the author's double middle initial. Right? You know, as you do. I don't know what the RR in George R. R. Martin stands for. Actually, I have no idea. I don't know. Um, rebel, Ras, Raskavel, Raskavel rabbits. <laughs> Rustavelt rabbits. Rustavelt Raskavel. I think it's Rustavelt. Rascally rabbit. Roger so, rabbit. <laughs> George Waskily rabbit. <laughs> Martin. I don't think that's correct. No, I, I. Getting back to what we're seeing before, I, it is really amazing that you can cut like a minute of material and completely change the framing of a character. Yeah, especially in movies like TV, you have room to breathe, but because you're because you can don't like donate, you can dedicate a whole entire episode into exploring a character. Um, whereas you're whereas talking with about movies, you're talking about minutes, right? And scenes, and you're talking about maybe Boromir has like if all of his dialogue was all together and broken. Maybe 10 minutes of dialogue in a three-hour movie. Um, 
I don't, I wouldn't imagine he has much more than that. You know? Yeah. I guess so. I'm not talking about screen time. I mean, dialogue. That's true. I've never really thought about dialogue in terms of minutes, more like lines. Yeah. It's easier to um, conceptualize dialogue in lines as opposed to minutes for me because I'm a writer. So. Right. And I'm thinking of things in like time on screen and right. like interacting with the audience, quote unquote. Right. So Boromir is probably some of the, has some of the least lines out of the members of the Fellowship. I think the only one of them that might have less in this movie is Gimli. Yeah, I would say Legolas, oh, Legolas. probably does too. Legolas, because Legolas and Gimli, really yeah, they don't have much to say in this movie. I would say Gimli talks more because Gimli. Gimli is more <laughs> uh, verbose. Yeah, I mean that's just his nature. He says much without speaking. Legolas is just there to look pretty. Yeah, and Crabane of Dunland. Yeah, like <laughs> he says like three things, shouted. At everyone else. I mean, he hasn't even talked in the movie yet. Granted, he just showed up where yeah. we were, where we're at with yes. recording, but <laughs> so, um, I guess we should talk a little bit about what we have planned. Um, not everything is set in stone. Uh, we welcome suggestions, um, and requests. I guess for like the weekend edition. Yeah, but, like. Kind of what we're hoping to do is obviously we're going to talk about each theatrical when we get to that movie. Yeah. And as we go through this, the theatricals have more differences than the between the extendeds than this one does. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen the theatrical of Return of the King since I saw it in theaters. I haven't seen Two Towers or Return of the King since that time I watched them all in the same night, like over 10 years ago. Well, you're in for a treat because Two Towers <laughs> makes me really happy. I love the bit in Two Towers where Legolas does the stupid um, surf thing. That's my favorite. More elves breaking don't physics. You, don't you make a fart noise at me. Just more elves breaking physics. That's what they're there for. That's their purpose in life. Him walking on the snow. Is to break physics. That's literally what he's there for, to look pretty and to make your mind explode because science. It's like, I mean, it's okay. I mean, nothing's worse than him jumping off falling rocks. I mean, that's fine. Oh, God. That's the worst. That's the, uh, that's the, the worst use of, <laughs> of elf ever. Uh, he shouldn't have been in those. As much as I love to see him in things, he should not have been in those. But speaking of- He didn't age well. What? Step off. You can totally tell he's aged the decade he's aged. Whatever. Since he's away. not. He's like a human being. He's not like an immortal. No, he's an creature. elf. He's an immortal elf. He oh can't have aged. I'm. We're fighting. Um. <laughs> but speaking of seeing people and things, uh, we had the idea to watch um, not one but two movies uh, featuring every member of the cast. Um, which is kind For of every major member of the cast. Each, yeah, every major member of the cast. I'm excited to talk about about Hugo Weaving movies. Which is kind of a um, not a chore, but it's a bit harder to find movies with Billy Boyd and, and Dominic Monaghan. Yeah, they uh, they haven't Monaghan, done a whole lot. Dominic Monaghan more so. Um, yeah, I'm finding. Billy Boyd's been in a lot of kind of offbeat indie movies, it looks like. Yeah, I'm excited. He's got so, to, to be interesting. He's in one where the villain is a, a giant rubber duck in space voiced by George Takei. And it looks ridiculous. What yeah. is it called? Oh, I don't remember like what it's called. Like Space Milkshake or something? Yeah, something like that. And it's just like, and the, the tagline for the movie is, we're ducked. Yeah. Like. Also, it's got the the lady from Sanctuary. Um. She was uh, Sam in Stargate. Oh, you haven't seen Stargate. No, I haven't really watched Stargate. Other than the movie. I haven't either, but none of the actors are the same in the movie. Um, but there's another uh, sci-fi actress who I really like in that movie. Um, and I can't Kirsten, remember her name. Uh, Kirsten Cook, uh, Crook? Kirsten Crook is in that as well. She was on Smallville for 
ever. Oh, is she? Um, she's Lana Lang. She's Lana. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the TV actors and uh, fantasy actors in this one. Yeah, I mean that's. It's I, I literally think it's called space milkshake. 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 I drink your milkshake. I drink it. Are up. you? Uh, <laughs> are, is, is Daniel Day Lewis uh, a sheep <laughs> now? <laughs> milkshake. <laughs> no. Some something about that just did seems mean, seems weird. Did you mean Daniel Day Lewis? two drums and a cymbal fall off a cliff oh no is there a punchline but i'm tish oh that's terrible that's a bad joke have you never heard that before no two drums and a cymbal fall off a cliff but i'm tish i've never i've never heard that before because it's stupid i think it's funny um but basically, the way we're going to do it is we're going to pick an actor, and then I get to pick a movie, and then he gets I get to, to pick, pick a movie, and we're going to watch it, and we're going to talk about it. And mm-hmm. some of them we have never seen, some of them we love, and some of them uh, only one of us has seen. Yeah, man. For Orlando Bloom, we get to talk about my favorite movie. I feel like such a bad um, like wife and partner, having never seen your favorite movie. And you literally talk about it every single week, and it's literally sitting on the shelf, like, less than 50 feet away from us, and I, like... (laughs) It's fine. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about it on the episode, but I, like, romantic comedy is not my genre. Yes. I am aware. So, I mean, I don't know. It just just happens to be my favorite movie. The only reason I'm... No, I'm just kidding. I would have watched it eventually. Because Orlando Bloom. Well, no, not even because Orlando Bloom, because I respect you and, and care about you. Aww. <laughs> also, eh. Orlando Bloom. <laughs> He's got shaggy, like, just above the ears, curly hair in that movie. He's cute. Hmm. I mean, it's Orlando Bloom. He's always cute. Mm-hmm. You know, stars Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. Eh. Interesting. Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon is in that? Yeah, she plays his mom. What? Okay, that's all you had to say. She tap dances in a pantsuit in okay. the climax of the movie. Why aren't we watching this right now? It's very good. I <laughs> I really like it. Alec Baldwin is in it. What? Why haven't you... Okay. 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 Literally, the only thing you've told me about this movie is that it's a dark romantic comedy starring Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. Yep. Which are, you know, respectable things. But, okay, Susan Sarandon tap dancing in a pantsuit and Alec Baldwin in anything? Yep. Why didn't you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Alec Baldwin thing is only at the beginning of the movie. And it's the funniest thing in the movie. Oh. In my opinion. Well, don't spoil it then. So, you'll get there. We'll watch it. Okay. Are we going to do the fellowship in order? Of appearance? appearance or alphabetical or however we feel well, alphabetical we... by last name puts bloom very close to the beginning or however we oh no i meant like character name but oh. i guess that's true if we're doing that then aragorn's first which i'm not complaining about yeah i mean uh vigo mortensen's been in vigo a lot Mortensen of good movies pick i know I what am. mine was what was yours actually i don't know what mine was was I'm not sure. Probably Hidalgo. Hidalgo, right? Yeah, probably Hidalgo. I don't know if I've ever seen Hidalgo, but I've always wanted to watch Hidalgo. I saw it work once. It was cool. Forces. Oh, you know what else is missing from the theatrical that makes me sad? What? The giving of gifts from Galadriel to the Fellowship. Oh, yeah. There's no nice shiny daggers. You, know, you got any more of those nice shiny daggers? <laughs> there's no Gimli getting the, getting the, hair. the hair. There's not the, that cute moment with Gimli and Legolas. I know. And thus, a bromance was born. Was there the Lembus bread thing? No. There wasn't the Lembus bread infomercial? There wasn't. Wow, they cut out like all of Orlando Bloom's lines. Oh, sad. <laughs> Theatrical. Just one small bite can fill the belly of a full-grown man. <laughs> How many did you have, Pip? Four. Four. Fart <laughs> joke. <laughs> Gas noise. <laughs> like It's so good. It's so hobbity. I... Okay, so I'm going to confess something right now. I love fart jokes. Like, 
as far as like my crass humor of choice is like stupid stupid poop jokes so like that bit where they roll off the hill and almost land in poop and he's yes. like, oh, that was close. I'm like, <laughs> Look, Looking directly at a pile of dung. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, oh. <laughs> oh That's pretty God. good. The more you know on Second Breakfast. Yes. Uh, like, and one of the other little things that's missing is we don't get the setup for the Mithril shirt. Hmm. We see Bilbo give it to Frodo, but we don't get the setup in Moria of them talking about Mithril. I always, I, I don't feel like that's necessary. I don't feel like it's necessary, like really necessary either. I feel like it's a little redundant, especially with the Bilbo scene, uh, because I mean, regardless of whether or not we see Frodo have the shirt on in Rivendell, we know Bilbo gave it to him. Yeah. And we know its significance. You know? Also, I mean, I can definitely see the argument that not bringing up Mithril again lets the audience maybe forget that he has it. Right. So it creates more tension for that moment, whereas bringing it up, because he looks down at it. He's wearing it, and he, like, looks down at it through his little his little shirt. Yeah. But uh, I've always liked the little exchange between Gandalf and Gimli in that in that scene. When he talks about how I never told Bilbo, but its worth was more than the value of the Shire. Mm -hmm. And Frodo's just looks down. He's just like, oh, <laughs> I should be careful with this. I'm rich. And then he gets stabbed. And then he gets, he gets which uh, followed by a line that has also always sounded a little awkward to me. I am super excited to talk about Moria. Me too, because it's all the big action sequences. Not just because of our guests, but also because like... It's really cool. And, uh, <laughs> I like Moria a lot. Uh, Moria is the the place that spawned a thousand memes. Oh yeah, I have no memory of this place. Yes, follow. I would argue. <laughs> when in doubt, follow your nose. I would argue that the council spawned more memes. Yeah, they're the they're the two uh, meme ridden parts <laughs> of the script. Meme ridden bits. You know, yeah, I have, I have no memory of this place. This is probably my favorite of the the memes from this movie. I love his face. Yeah, because he looks so honestly confused. He's so concerned. He's just like, what? And then you have to remember that Gandalf hasn't been in Moria for like over a thousand years. Really? Yeah, something like that. It's a long time. What? He hasn't been in Moria since the the reign of, uh, Morgoth. No, uh. Wait, no, over a thousand years. Durin. Okay. Which is like a thousand years before this, because dwarves live long lives. That's true. So, okay. Uh, we just looked this up. That might not be entirely accurate, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't been there since the doors were shut. Okay. Which is a long time ago. So, in case you guys haven't gathered, we play a lot of D&D. &D. Uh, we play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. So... And Dungeons and Dragons is like pretty much a one for one um, RPG interpretation of Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's very much the original inspiration material. Yeah. I mean, halflings in first edition D and D have hairy feet and are chubby. So. Right. So. Dwarves in D and D live to be like what? Uh, maximum Five, age is four hundred and fifty in three point five Pathfinder. Because uh, we just looked this up, and elves in in D and D are not truly immortal, but yeah, but they live a they long like fifteen hundred years maximum, right? Yeah, so might as well be immortal. Immortal, as far as a person is concerned, right? When you're only living like less than ten percent of that being's life, yeah. And the the dwarves in Lord of the Rings live incredibly long lives, as far as I am aware. I don't really. I believe so. Because hobbits, hobbits only outlive men by a little, and I think, and then dwarves, I think, live to be quite old. Because my question was, is that a one-for-one -one, um, take on dwarves? Like, do they live to be hundreds of years old, or is it longer? Is it more exaggerated? I mean, I could literally, I guess I could look it up in the appendices. But the appendices don't really do a good job about going into dwarves. Well, the thing that the appendices might tell us, though... Very quickly, 
if I if I flip through them, is Gimli's birthday. Oh, that's true. And if they do, then that's a really quick indication. I think that would be in the um the ultimate timeline of yeah. ultimate destiny. Wait. You like opened to the index and then got bored and stopped. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> digging digging through text. It's not that bad. You just gotta flip flip it. Flip it. Yeah, because I think that just looking at uh looking at how old Gimli is will give you a pretty good indication of how long dwarves live in Lord of the Rings. But I'm fairly certain it's at least a few hundred years. Uh, I don't remember how old Thorin is when the uh, the Hobbit starts. Um, he's hot, that's for sure. Well, I mean, Richard Armitage is just a very handsome man. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> There's mm. no denying that. There's a like a Durin's folk bit. But the line of Durin. Yeah. Yeah. It says that Durin is the longest lived. Durin is the longest lived and of the dwarves. He is referred to as Durin the Deathless. Oh, that's a sweet title. Right? I want to be like so-and-so the Deathless. Right? I want to be like... It's not as... um. Norman the Non-Dying. Norman the Non-Dying? I don't know. I was trying to think of a way to put that with an N. Cassandra the Completely Comatose. <laughs> <laughs> the Completely Awesome. Um, and yet, in the end, he died before the Elder Days had passed, and his tomb was in Kazadum. Yes. Kazadum. Huh. I remember when I was a kid, it, I didn't, I couldn't make the connection that Kazadum was just the dwarven name for Moria. I thought the bridge of Kazadum was just like a place in Moria. Oh. When I was like a kid. That's the dwarvish name for Moria? Yeah. So is Moria the elvish name for Moria? I think so. Because hmm. the dwarves refer to like refer to Moria sometimes as Casadum. And I don't know if maybe that's the like that's the name of the mountain. I assumed Casadum was the um the chasm that the 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 uh bridge is built over. Because Moria is a was a was a kingdom built in joint effort between elves and elves dwarves. Elves and dwarves because they wanted the mithril. Yes. They they split the mithril coming out of those mines. I and I could be wrong, but I believe it is also where Celebrimbor forged the three elven rings. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I found a family tree. Yes. Success. So it's hard to keep all the Holy crap. all the very many factoids straight in my brain when I haven't read the Silmarillion in quite some time. So they don't have an age for Sir Durin the Deathless. Yeah. Um but his second, like his heir, Durin the sixth, lived from, and this is like the first age, so he lived from 1731 to 1980. 1731 to 1980 is yeah. 250. Yeah. And? And then all of them seem to be about that long or shorter. Well, so the line like, of Durin was cursed. 200, 200 so? Two hundred or so. Two hundred or so. Yeah, that seems fine. So twice the twice the lifespan of a your average man, or about the lifespan of a dinner day. Um, and the um the Hobbit takes place over less over the course of less than a year, right? Uh, it's either just shy or just more than. Okay, so let's see. Thorin Oakenshield the second, twenty seven forty six to twenty nine forty one. So not quite two hundred years. Yeah. But, but he, he was early. killed in battle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, two hundred year, a little over two hundred years, two hundred fifty years or so, seems like the the average lifespan of a dwarf. And Gimli Elfrend is twenty eight seventy nine to thirty one forty one. So he lived almost three hundred years. Yeah, but doesn't he go to go into the west though? I uh, I believe he is. He does. I think there is some material that suggests he passes into the west. Hmm. Which Here is, follows one of the last notes in the Red Book. We have heard tell that Legolas took Gimli Gloin's son with him because of their great friendship. Yes. So supposedly, Legolas was like, I would like to share the, 
the eternal life of my people. With I want to share heaven with you in a bromance way. Right. In, in a, a totally not gay way. In a totally platonic, <laughs> you are my best friend forever. I mean, okay. Forever okay. and ever sort of way. I mean, to be fair, that's entirely plausible. However. Yes. However. However. I ship it. Many, many people do. <laughs> many people do. Oh, I know. It is, uh, it is, it is hard to say what is the most popular ship from Lord of the Rings, whether or not it is, it is Legolas Gimli or Frodo Sam. Um. I think they are relatively equal in popularity. What do you mean by popularity? Like, timelessness or the amount of people that ship it? Or... The amount of people that ship it. How often I see things on my dash. Oh. Because I think I see roughly the same amount from both. Not, I don't follow a ton of Lord of the Rings right. blogs. Maybe I should, but I, mean, I, I don't really. I, I followed a, quite a bit um, so I could get pretty photo sets and reblog them for our Tumblr. But that's basically what I use Tumblr for nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I stay away from the the discourse with a capital D. So <laughs> the discourse. <laughs> it's like a like a great great evil. Yeah. I see you. So um I don't know, what did you think of this yeah, theatrical? We like wandered away from it. <laughs> There are things about the theatrical that I think, because I've watched the extended so many times and I'm so into it, mm -hmm. I think that it it doesn't feel complete to me watching the theatrical. I feel like I'm missing some of the aspects of Boromir's character that I find so incredibly fascinating. Yeah, I'm missing. I'm missing some cute scenes. In Lothlorien with the whole gift-giving thing and the Lembus bread. Because mm -hmm. the Lembus bread's really funny. And I don't know. I think, I, I think I'm just missing character context that's, like, really important to me and how I feel about, like, the book and the movie. Yeah. And, like, these characters in general. I, I would say that for the most part, I prefer the extended edition. However, there are some aspects of the theatrical that I do really like. Um, like the title card being where it is and the, um, just the overall pacing of it. Um, it was kind of refreshing being able to sit down and finish this movie in less than three hours or round about three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, as opposed to the roundabout also, four. Also, I loved not having to get up and change the discs halfway through. <laughs> that was so nice. First world problems, Emma, right? Okay. Okay. I know. I complained about it. I complained about how annoying it's going to be when we get to the split minute. Yeah. And having to watch the commentaries and take notes. It's going to be fairly annoying. I'm not looking forward to that. And it's soon. It is soon. Uh, but we don't but have a guest that week. It, I don't have to worry about we don't have a guest that week, so it's not like we have to worry about them also trying to figure out minute stuff. Because then the the um, because if a if a guest had to do that with the the split discs, it would be kind of kind of annoying and problematic for them to figure out the right. math of where they're supposed because to be. Because the minute ends. At a 30-second mark. Yeah, or the disc ends at a 30-second mark, so then everything else is off by 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but logistics and such. I don't actually know what we'll be talking about next week. Um, we might just decide to go headfirst into some movies. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. I'm excited to watch other movies that these people have done. Yes. I am as well. I'm a. Uh, I really enjoy Kate, Kate Blanchett, but I haven't really seen a whole lot of movies she's been in. Hmm. So I'm. What really, was your pick for hers? Uh, one of the two Elizabeth movies she's. Oh yeah, in. the ones that were Oscar nominated. Yeah, yeah. She's she's played Queen Elizabeth twice. Twice. <laughs> which I find odd. Maybe we should watch like all like two of those, and then also <laughs> watch my movie because I really want to watch it. 
Yeah, we should watch. We should watch both of these Elizabeth movies. Uh, and <laughs> these Oscar-nominated Elizabeth movies. I know. <laughs> you go weaving is going to be fun to talk about because um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, is a weird movie. I'm really excited to watch that. We have to talk about you go weaving and drag. I I I don't know. I'm excited to um, expand my movie horizons and also rewatch some stuff that i haven't watched in a long time uh, we can watch a horror movie with elijah wood Mm, no thanks yeah i mean the first thing i ever remember seeing him in was the faculty oh is that what we're watching probably i mean he has such a small part in sin city even though i love that movie that's fair i mean my pick for elijah wood is voice acting so yeah also because i just need to watch it right it's um, a good, good excuse to watch over just, the garden okay wall. let's just say we're doing elijah wood next week yeah yeah so start with frodo yeah so next week uh we're probably going to be talking about elijah wood and our two movies quote unquote because mine's not a movie works um norman wants to watch the faculty uh which i have heard of and seen a little bit of but um i hate scary movies so that'll be interesting. And I really want to watch Over the Garden Wall, which is a cartoon uh, miniseries about um, these two brothers. And the main older brother is voiced by Elijah Wood. So watching two very different toned things. Yes. Although Over the Garden Wall is supposed to still be kind of like Scary. creepy-ish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's it's like... It's kid horror versus adult horror, yeah. which are two vastly different things. Sometimes I find kid horror to be much creepier. Yeah, like Coraline? Like Coraline. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do kids not think the button eye thing is creepy? I don't know. It's real creepy. It is. Dolls are creepy. Other Mother is the scariest thing. Yes. <laughs> Other Mother is very scary. Oh, man. Like super duper scary. The stuff of true nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like a spider thing. It's like... Yeah, I don't... It's weird. I don't know. Neil Gaiman. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> and it's just it's just weird that kids are like, no, their mother's fine. Yeah. But button eye things aren't scary. I mean, it's... You're wrong, kid. Right. You grow up, you're going to feel differently. Well, I mean, I played with dolls all the time when I was little, and now I hate them. They're so scary. So there's that shift in... <laughs> you're... <laughs> There are, there are two eras in a person's life when dolls are not creepy and then when dolls are creepy. <laughs> dolls started being creepy for me when um, I had this porcelain doll and it was also a music box and it like wound up and it was like clockwork. So um, it played music and its limbs also moved um, just like, you know, and like back and forth. And somewhat whatever. like dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was fine, whatever, but I had her on a shelf, and then I hadn't touched her in, like, three months, and then all of a sudden, the mechanism started going off, and the music started playing, and it was, like, after dark, and we were in the playroom, and I was just, like, staring at this doll on the bookshelf, and then it fell off the bookshelf, and I was like, oh, no, because it fell off the bookshelf because its arms were moving or yeah. and its legs were moving. So I go to pick it up and one of its eyes are dislodged. So it's like staring at or like both of its eyes are dislodged. So it's like staring at me with like no eyes. And I start screaming and like I run down the hallway with this porcelain doll and I just slam dunk it in the trash and I never look back. <laughs> never look back. I've actually I've always hated porcelain dolls. I didn't mind they them. Are, they are one of the things that have just always freaked me out my sister had uh clown porcelain dolls no um nope like old school clowns i don't know what like almost mimes Mm. they were weird Mm, not better right (laughs) not better anyway we're on a tangent but that's cool because we're the weekend edition yeah man i mean we can talk about we talk about whatever the uh it was really interesting watching the theatrical edition it's was refreshing I, uh, the only thing that I'm really just like, I don't, that's weird and just feels really out of place is the whole The Shire 60 years later. Yeah. Subtitle thing. Eh, whatever. Especially since they never do it again. They just do it for that. 
I'll allow it. I mean, I could understand if they did it for other things, but they only do it for the Shire. And, like, not five minutes after you see that title card, do they tell you they're in the Shire? <laughs> so, I out don't of, see as it was necessary. Um, Out of how many mimosas would you give it? How out many of ten? mimosas out of ten? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> still like eight and a half. Eight and a half. Because, you know, I still love these movies. Yeah. Eight out of I mean, ten mimosas would watch and drink again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I could eat, eat, eat. I don't think I could drink that many mimosas. That That's, is a challenge. It's a challenge. That is a real challenge. I mean, it's not so much of a challenge to do so. It is a challenge for me to break and regret it instantly. <laughs> um, But... Yeah, so this is Second Breakfast. Uh, yeah. We want to thank you guys again for supporting us on Patreon. Hopefully you enjoy our silly um, riffs and such. And um, check us out on Lord of the Rings Minute every Monday through Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, if you weren't already, I don't know how you would find this pot, this uh, this weekend edition. But... I mean, if you're a dueling genre supporter. and Yeah, and then you just check this out, I yeah. guess. You should, uh, and we would, um, we'd love to hear from you guys. So, um, send us an email, check us out on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like if you have a, if you have a suggestion for a movie that one of the major members of the cast has been in that you think is really awesome. We need content ideas. So if you guys have any suggestions, you should email us, tweet us, Tumblr us, DM us. Whatever you can do. Facebook us. Yeah. Smoke signals. Curbane of Dunland. Yeah, man. They'll find us. Giant eagles. Giant eagles. Little moth USPS right? postal carriers. <laughs> Little moths. Moths with their satchels and newsy hats. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy, and we hope you guys have a good week, and we'll catch you guys next weekend. Bye. Bye. Bye.